This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Okay, right here. It says right here in this this account we have $401,000. Jackpot. Nope, uh, that says you have a 401k account. If you liquidate that right now, you'll have, you know, maybe $5,000. So what happened to the other $396,000? What is wrong with the two of you? Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today we're talking about reaching your goals faster by finding the right mentor. And today we welcome a mentor to many, a woman who even has a day named after her in Houston, Sharita Humphrey. They even gave her a key to the city. Huh, they won't even give me a key to the basement door. Plus, the woman who should never be given the key to a Nordstrom, Paulette Perhatch. And finally, the retiree who's named every day after himself, and the honeybee has awarded him the key to his own house from LenPenzo.com, it's Howard Hughes. Nah, it's just his even shyer friend, Len Penzo. And we're not just talking about mentorship, though. I'll also take at least two people down a peg or two with my trivia. And now, a guy who's got the key to the liquor cabinet, it's Joe Salcihai. Hey everybody, happy Friday to you. I am Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter, and welcome back to our first Friday after the break. Doug, how are you, man? Ah, so well rested, ready to mix it up. Absolutely, and we got the team here to mix it up. We'll start off. Deep under Los Angeles from his bunker, Mr. Len Penzo's here. How are you, brother? I am doing great. I have a chili cook-off coming up, so I've been practicing my chili recipes. We're going back and forth. I've, I've tried tons and tons of uh, recipes, but I finally have perfected my chili recipe. I am ready for this cook-off. Oh, It has exactly yes. the perfect chili. I found out it has exactly 239 beans. Why, why the specific number? Well, because if you added one more, it'd be too farty. How how long how long did it take you to work on that? How long? <laughs> A long time. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, from Gainesville, Florida, the woman that we trust to write the jokes on this show, not Mr. Penzo, it's Paula Perretch. I'd like to submit my resignation. <laughs> Follow that, Paulette. How are you? Uh, I am um, shocked and appalled uh, and also good. No, I'm good. And we are uh, just hanging out here. 
being a writer in Gainesville, working uh, with my writing mentors and also mentoring other writers because that's just the circle of life. So I'm really excited to get into this topic. Circle of life. Absolutely. We have the woman who's the perfect person to talk mentorship. Got in at 3 a.m. today, so she's feeling fantastic, I'm sure. Sharita Humphrey joins us. How are you? I'm good. I'm here. Thanks for having me. It's, it's going to be a long day, but I'm excited. Oh, we'll keep you with Len's uh, fart jokes, Sharita. We'll keep you awake. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> she said, that sounded like a golf clap, didn't it? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that was exactly uh, what that was. Plus, she's tired and weary. She's weak. That's that's right. Well, Sharita, tell everybody, uh, Doug alluded to some of the great work you do, but tell everybody what you do there in Houston. I am a, a small business advisor. I work with many women founders, helping them to really be able to close the gap in their businesses through um, technical assistance, whether that is helping them to understand their back office compliance, but ultimately how to start their path to wealth so that they, they can have an exit strategy because every CEO should have an exit strategy because there's some other things in life that we desire to do. So that is how I have been able to help thousands of women across the country. And that's why I'm just getting back to Houston, leaving um, Philly at 3 a.m. So super excited to continue to see how I can close out the year and help more women get access to capital. Well, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here to talk mentorship with us. And uh, we've got a great show today. But you know what, Len? People were telling me about this big chili cook-off thing, but you know what? <laughs> what? <laughs> do, you, do, do you know why are you laughing? I don't know. Go. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you know what? I had to tell them ahead of time before we talked about chili cook-off. What did you have to tell them? I had to tell them this. This episode sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, 
you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Wasn't that important? Yeah. Yeah. At least that's not proprietary, like the number of beans in my chili recipe. No, absolutely. I'm surprised you shared that. We got Len and his humor here. We got Sharita here. We got Paul Led. We got Doug. Let's get this party started. Today, we are going to riff off a piece that I found at Harvard Business Review. This is written by Janet Fan. What's the right way to find a mentor? And especially this time of year, we're going into the holiday season. You're going to be around a lot of different people. It might be a great opportunity to actually find a mentor, to think about mentorship while you're at all of these different holiday parties. Might be even a great time to kind of soft play talking to somebody about mentorship. But let's start off with our guest, Sharita. You've had mentors, I'm assuming, over your career. I have, and they have been so vital to my growth personally and professionally. Um, I think that having a mentor helped me to kind of not make some of the same mistakes when it came to my growing my business that many entrepreneurs, especially those who are emerging, tend to make. But also big understanding that having a mentor as an advisor, even though I talk money and that's my that's my jam. One of the things is I always want to make sure a part of my money team is a mentor who has created a path that I'd like to go down. And so I have multiple mentors because there are certain mentors that you need, whether that's personally, professionally, but also understanding just you as an entrepreneur, just having someone who understands and who's went before you has been amazing. So I highly recommend that you not try to do this alone, that a mentor can help guide you in ways that you never thought about and to really be able to open certain doors that you never would have thought that you may not have access to. So mentorship is amazing. What's one big time, Sharita, if you can remember one that you might have been stepping in it and a mentor really helped you see that you were going the wrong way? One of the things that I have to say is dealing with imposter syndrome. It's very hard for people to believe that I am an introvert. I love the work that I do. That's what makes me an extrovert. So having that mentor to help me to really shape my voice and to know that my voice adds value, the solutions that I offer are important and not to hide behind my introvertness and really be able to be heard. And sometimes knowing that it's okay to admit that you're an introvert. I think that's where my mentor really helped to shape, to say, it's okay to say that you're an introvert and that sometimes you need to recharge. And that those are some things you can love the work that you do, but really understanding who I am has allowed me to be okay with my voice and sharing it with the world. So having that mentor to really push me out and to just speak and hear my and listen to my own voice was very pivotal into me coming here because I never would have done this. I love Joe, guys. I think he's amazing. (laughs) But I would have never came in and wanted to do an interview like this because I always wanted to stay in my back cave because that was my comfort zone. Len, how about you? Mentorship and help along the way? Well, of course, I started my career. I was like an unmoored boat out there in the ocean, not knowing what I was doing, really. And I, although I thought I did, thankfully, somebody 
came to me and took me under uh, his wing. Oh, really? And, yes. Yeah, because I was doing something very wrong. <laughs> you know, I'm an engineer. And um, early in my career, I thought, you know, well, I'm an engineer and I'm supposed to know all the answers to everything. And one of my big flaws early on was when I didn't know the answer to a question and I had a customer in front of me, I tried to provide an answer even though I didn't know what the answer was. And that's, I mean, that's bad. I mean, but, but when you're young um, and you're afraid to, you know, be thought of, well, you don't know what you're doing, which that's not how it really works. I mean, part of our business is figuring things out and not knowing, you know, you don't have the answer and your job's to go out and figure it out. You know, I, uh, my mentor, first mentor came to me and said, he said, uh, Lynn, you know, you're, you're really not doing yourself any services uh, when a customer asks you a question and you don't know the answer and you're trying to fake it, it's obvious. And, you know, you have to be secure enough to say you don't know the answer and you will get back to them or you will try to figure out an answer. So, and that was critical because, I mean, that's a, in the long run, that's a career killer uh, when you're seen as not, um, yeah. it really does not make you look good. And uh, thank goodness he took me aside and, and changed everything. That, that advice right there changed everything. It, it changed how I saw my, how my career was supposed to work, how my engineering job was supposed to work as opposed to how I thought it was supposed to work. And um, I mean, that was just an invaluable lesson. And then he went on beyond that. I mean, so much more, but that was the big, that was a really big thing. And I'm so thankful that he took me aside. Len, was one of his other key pieces of advice, fewer dad jokes in front of the clients? <laughs> No, but I'm sure you wish it was. Yeah, I would have told you that, man. I know you would have. Well, and I think something that we'll get into a little bit later is the concept, Len, also being mentorable. Because I've seen times when somebody is really stepping in it, and I'm afraid to give them the feedback because I feel like they they truly don't want it. Like they are going to breathe fire back at me. So I'm like, okay, I'll let them. I'll let them step in it. So the fact that he even thought that you were mentorable, I think, was a was a win. Well, you know, I, I don't know if he knew for sure that I was mentorable. I, I am because I'm a sponge when it comes to that. I love to, to learn, you know, obviously. But he saw I was kind of killing myself. And uh, so, he, you know, just the goodness, he, he came to me. And so that worked out. But you're right. There are people who refuse to take direction from somebody higher up. A lot of people do that. And that that's terrible, too. I mean, it's in everyone's best interest to listen to the people who have been there before you and have have learned. I mean, you should soak that stuff up like a sponge because they're, you know, they've learned from experience, the school of hard knocks themselves. And so, you know, we come into new jobs, not knowing a lot. You don't know what you don't know in many cases, you know, Len, you and I coached a whole bunch of youth baseball teams. And I bet you heard this phrase. I know I did. And I, I even heard it when I was a player, when I was a kid is if the coach is yelling at you, it means that they care. And a lot of times as the player, you think, oh man, if they're talking to me, they really don't like me and they're, you know, and I want to get off their radar. But I think the story you just told shows that whoever that person was who ended up mentoring you in that moment saw something in you that they cared about. They saw something in you that was um, worth growing and they took the time to share some feedback. And Joe, you talked about being apprehensive to share some feedback with people because you weren't sure how they were going to take it. And I think that's a legitimate concern. I've had that concern myself. And I think a lot of people, maybe it's through their own hubris or through some, you know, other internal thing they're working through are reluctant to 
latch on to that person who chose to give them that feedback and, and use them for some mentorship. And there's a lot of times when the mentors show up in your life and you don't realize that that's what that relationship could be. Yeah. Sort of like when that, that old phrase, when the, uh, when the, the teacher will appear when the student is ready, the students oftentimes aren't ready, even though the, the mentor standing right in front of you. Well, and on that note, Paulette, I think in the writing world, and I have had a very short time in the writing world comparatively, but I feel like there has to be a lot of mentorship in what you do. I mean, learning from good writers around you is super important to getting up to speed. Yeah. And, you know, people know the business. It's so hard to figure out how it actually works from outside. You know, I think one thing that can be hard about asking for mentorship is that a lot of people sell the same kind of information or the same kind of services that a mentor can also do. So it's like, is it okay to ask someone to do this for free? Mm. You know, where is that line? And I think that it shifts between people. And so I've, the mentor I'm using now, um, I did what's called a slush pile reading. She edited an anthology and I, I said, Hey, I will read all of the submissions and then give you the best ones, which is like such a pain in the butt. Nobody wants to do it. But now I have hired her as my writing coach, but also then outside of that hour that we get, you know, we really are developing an awesome relationship and she'll text me and, you know, like I can tell that it's a really, really valuable relationship even beyond like those services because writers do so much work for free. It, it's really hard, like how the money should go or what you ask for for free. That's tough for me, but it has been totally valuable to me. Yeah, absolutely. Len and Sharita both had instances when a, a mentor helped them clearly not step in it. Do you have a similar story? <laughs> um, hmm, I don't think so. Not that, that I can think of right now. And in fact, I feel like I have asked for more than people wanted to get. Like when you have a book come out, my book, Welcome to the Writer's Life, I like asked everyone, you know, like, who do you know? Like, it's really hard to find that line. So I think if anything, I stepped in at trying to get too much mentoring from people. So it can be really difficult. I did this, you know, on a professional level, but also on a personal level, when I was trying to get my financial house in order, when I was trying to get my act together, I started talking to people who were much better at uh, money than, than I was. I knew how to talk the talk, but I was not walking it. And I mm -hmm. tried to surround myself with people that were walking it. And I remember calling this woman when I was thinking about renting a bigger house, I was living in a little rented house and I was thinking about renting a bigger one and my financial house was not at all in order. And I was in the middle of the rebuild and I said, Hey, what do you think about this? And she said, so it sounds like it's a much nicer place. I'm like, Oh yeah, this would be great. And I told her how the house is like a third bigger and it has a nice backyard. It's in a little better you know, area and all this stuff. And she pauses for a minute and she said, so would you rather wake up every day where you are, which is not optimal, realizing you still have to get your house in order, or would you rather wake up someplace beautiful that's a complete sham? Like, which one mm. is better? And I went, oh, man, great. It was the best advice ever. And then every day I woke up at that house, I was like, I want to get out of here, which, is, which was perfect, which was great. It was exactly what I, what I needed. Isn't it interesting how a, a good mentor, he can or she can boil down a lesson to you in a sentence or two, something that just opens your eyes. It doesn't take a lot of drilling. It's just a quick, almost like a fortune cookie size bit of advice. And it could mean mm -hmm. change your whole entire life. One thing that one of my mentors said to me, it was a writer and I love that how I met her was 
I was in one of her classes and then she was teaching at a retreat. She invited me. She said, we have scholarships. So she invited me. And then I, this was like one of those moments where you're scared to ask, but I was like, can I ride up with you? And we had a three hour ride together where we just talked the whole time. And like that, like cemented our relationship. And we're such good friends now. I've house sat for her. And I was talking to her about something and talking, talking, this and this and this. And she said to me, it just sounds like you don't want to. And I was like, oof, yeah, you're right. You know, and, I, and she just showed me that I was talking myself into something. So, um, yeah, that was just one of those one of those examples where, like Len said, just boil it down. Because it's an outside view. And especially, you know, she's 25 years older than me probably. And so she has that perspective. But And that's why, Sharita, I think that based on what Len and Paulette are talking about, mentor needs to be somebody who's not – probably not your buddy, right? Somebody right. who's not already a friend because – you know, it'd be hard for a friend of Paulette's to deliver that type of a, of a lesson or, or the person that gave it to me. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to share something with you. So a colleague was just always, you can learn from anyone. So it's about 10 years younger than me, a colleague over in Dale, he shared something with me. He said, you need four types of mentorships. Write this down and share it with your friends, your colleagues. He said, one, you need someone that's professional tells you how to navigate through your business or your career. These are normally business industry experts. The second mentor is someone personal, someone who's making sure that you're not burning out, who really just cares about Joe, Doug, Lynn, and Paulette. They want to just make sure that you're okay, just checking in with you. Then the third one, you need a peer mentor, someone who's doing the same thing, but one or two steps ahead of you that can help guide you so you won't lose track, so you can help reach those milestones and those goals. And then the last one that he shared with me that I thought was very pivotal was a protege, mentoring someone that's younger than you to share your wisdom and your experiences, because that's what keeps you going. That's what really is the give back to be able to share some wisdom and really be able to empower someone else. So when he shared those four types of mentorships with me, I literally picked up my phone and started to text myself because he said, these are the things that help people and to really be able to shape who they are, to help them reach their goals, to help to connect with others, but ultimately help to lead future leaders, future ecosystem builders. I just really love the way he, that he laid that out. And so it was important for me to take that and look inside and to make sure that I have those four pivotal mentorship mentors in my own life and in my business. That's absolutely fabulous. And I love the last one too, which we'll get to later, which is about mentoring other people. Because because I do think if you know you're being watched by somebody else, you're much more likely to be on your game as as well. Sticking with you for a second, Sharita, there's a a statistic in this piece that I want to bring out. And obviously we're gonna we're already straying a long way from this piece. I'll link to it in our show notes at stackybedjamins.com. It really is more of an inspiration for this fantastic discussion. But Sharita, this piece says 76% of people say it's important to have a mentor, but only 37% of people actually have one. What do you think with all this positivity we've had around the table here about mentorship, why that big disconnect between those two numbers? Because one, I think people mix up mentoring and coaching and consulting. Mm. And then number two, most people don't know how to approach a mentorships because they don't know, they don't realize that a mentorship is a, not a, you know, like all in, it's truly a relationship. How can you add value 
to someone that you would like to, to mentor, but how can you add your expertise, knowledge, or skill set to that mentee? Because there's some things that you may know that you can share that that could be some way of a leverage for you to for so that they won't feel like, oh, I don't have time for this. Sometimes it's okay to be able to say, I don't have this, but here is what I can give as a mentee for your availability for your time because our time is precious. So being able to really understand that's how to be able to open those doors. I think that has one been one for, for many people. They don't understand how to position a mentorship. They just, it's a, okay, this is what I need. And many people will, will open their doors to you if, or open, open their calendars. If you position it in a way that is a relationship and not so much a, this is what I need. Here's what I'm trying to take from you because we are protective of our time. I think for me, that's the key because I think a lot of people are intimidated, right? By this idea of asking somebody for their time, especially with what you were saying and Paulette was saying earlier about some people charge for this. Bigger question though here, Len, 76% of people say it's important to have a mentor. Who the hell are these 24% of people like, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> like really one out of four people thinks, yeah, mentorship, eh, not that important. <laughs> well, I guess it's th- that's the group that know- thinks they know it all. I guess. I don't know. I don't know how anybody can... To think they know everything I, when they're going into something. There's just too much to know out there. There's there's too many secrets. There's just things. Like I said, I go back to the unknown unknowns. I mean, it's like opening up a whole new perspective on something when you can talk to somebody who has experience in whatever you're doing or whatever you want to learn. I mean, there's things that I know that people just can't envision. And uh, other people's life experience is invaluable. And uh, you should be wanting to soak up, soak that stuff up at every opportunity. I think the issue is if you've never had a model for that, you just don't even understand. Like I had no idea how valuable networking was because that wasn't anything that was ever modeled for me. I had no idea. And then once I started doing it, I was like, oh, this is Light bulb. not everything, but it's huge, right? Yeah. So I think my sense is that the people who don't think mentoring is that important have really no idea you know, and that's one of the things I try to teach freelancers is how to close that mentoring gap. Because if you don't have a boss, a lot of times your boss is your mentor. So you really, people who run their own business and freelance have to double down on that and really put more intention behind it. You know, Paulette, you mentioned networking in and amongst what you were just talking about. And it, and it reminded me of a, a time when somebody came to me to ask if I would, would mentor and almost immediately in our first discussion started asking me about networking and who I could introduce them to. And I was offended mm-hmm. by that at mm-hmm. that, at that moment. And at that moment in the relationship, because it, I thought you don't really want any guidance or any of insight into the path I've walked down over the last 150 years. You just care about my Rolodex and, yes, a human, and yeah. there isn't, yeah, there isn't anything wrong with that, but don't come to me with false pretenses about mentoring if what you really want is a networking opportunity. And they haven't shown you that they're committed yet. You know, I think that there's like, that. that is kind of a withdrawal from your relationship, right? Like put some deposits in first before you ask right. for something. That's a favor yeah. because you are extending your name for that person. I mean, that's a real, that dance is real, real interesting, right? And like, I have had someone be like, I felt like you overstepped your bounds. And then other people in the entrepreneurial world are like, don't be afraid to ask. And it's like, ah. So, but yeah, the very first meeting, I think that we can all agree that's too much. You know, a lot of networking is actually organic. If you're doing 
you know, your job correctly and you're making yourself an expert in your field, a lot of that networking comes organically. People come to you and then it kind of spreads from, from that. You don't have to actively go out and ask to network a lot of times. I mean, it is, it does, it is helpful to, yes. Or Len, because you're trying to become good at subject matter, you go, you go find the person who's really good at that, right? Yes. And and that act of going to find that person ends up becoming mentorship because and it's just because you're you're seeking to understand what's good. Doug, I want to go back to you because I know you've tried to do this on a corporate level before. Back to this disconnect. Seventy six percent say it's important, but thirty seven percent have one. Did you find on a corporate level this difficult to set up these mentorship programs with statistics like that? Very. You know, I frankly have never seen one work as a formal mentorship program in a corporate environment because the relationships are often arranged marriages and, and the one of the two parties, mentor or mentee, doesn't feel that connection with the person. Now, you could say, hey, it's a stretch goal and as a, as a, a corporate effort, we're happy if we get... of our mentor-mentee arrangements to work out. That's still a lift. Okay, great. But there's an awful lot of time invested by everybody else, and you meet three or four times and realize this is just not the relationship that I was looking for, but I didn't have a choice. They paired me up with this person because somebody else, based on a profile or whatever, thought they'd be a good mentor for me, but it just... It's just not clicking and the relationship is just kind of wither. And so I have seen very few formalized corporate mentor programs work well. Maybe that's a new app. Maybe we could have like Tinder style mentorship at big companies where you like get to swipe left or swipe right on whether you want the mentor or not. No? Mm. Anybody? Maybe no? not Tinder style. Maybe in one of the other <laughs> I don't know if that's a great <laughs> maybe, corollary. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know about that <laughs> That, now you're getting into corporate legal. <laughs> and the HR department is involved. Right. Yes, right. Uh, Sharita, I want to dive into some of the expertise in this piece. They start off by saying that if you're really looking for mentorship from somebody, ask for the meeting. And they have an example here that says, dear X, dear potential mentor, I've been reading about the work you're doing with why, whatever that might be. I'm interested in building my career in technology. I'd love to hear how you rose from a systems analyst to a technical product manager in five years. Would it be possible for us to have a quick video chat sometime within the next couple of weeks? First meeting over coffee or short video call is low commitment, they say. Do you like that as a first approach if you're interested in getting mentorship from somebody? I do. It all depends because I feel sometimes... Um, and I'm pretty sure Paulette can see this because I see she's on LinkedIn. The <laughs> one thing is, is we get hit with those and it seems sometimes so generic, like they just copy and paste. Oh, so, so generic. Yeah, that was that was my critique of this one that it just seems, it seems generic. And it also sounded, Shreda, sorry not to interrupt, but like it just sounds also like a pick your brain. You know, and people are just like, I'm not, you're not, no one's picking my brain. It's like, That's what I first thought. Hey, you, wanna be, you don't want to be a brain picker? <laughs> Well, what do you, what do you say instead then ladies? What do you say instead? If it's not just, Hey, I really like to have coffee and pick your brain. One of the things is I'm a person, let me, and I know this is going to kind of sound weird, but don't judge me. I'm one of those kind of business stalkers. Like, let me kind of just figure out something (laughs) and not in a bad way. Is that bad? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But kind of just figure out what is that thing that really makes them stand out? Because Paulette agreed with me. Sometimes that one that you just read seemed very generic. 
I felt like I got that one in my other mailbox that's filtered by LinkedIn (laughs) already. I probably have about 200 of those. Mm -hmm. But I really like those ones where someone just says something to me that's out of the blue. Or like, I was just like, man, they had to do some of their research. So it makes me want to figure out and kind of send them a link to my calendar or say, hey, let's just hop on a quick virtual coffee because they've really done their their research about me. Found out that one thing that made me want to open that email or that inbox and say, okay, let's let's continue the conversation or see where this can go. I have a good formula that I started from when I would go to like writers conferences and meeting famous writers because I think it like went so badly so many times that I was like, okay, what would be better? (laughs) One of the things that I came up with was telling them a story about how their work has affected you. Like if I went to, you know, you, Joe, and I said, Joe, I've been listening to your show for seven years and you really helped me get out of debt and put a down payment on a house. Okay, like we've started with a deposit, right? And it's not just that this person's done this research, but like you guys are already connected. They have shown you like you have affected them. And so they are giving you not just like screaming, I love you in your face as you walk down the street, which is awkward for everyone, which I did do to George Saunders on a plane one time, but it's showing how you guys already have a history. And then the mentorship is just a continuation of that history. Len, anything to add there about that first meeting? I don't know. Maybe it's being overthought, but I think if you're interested in somebody to be a mentor, instead of just jumping in and say, Hey, will you be my mentor? Just ask them a question. Send them, if you know, if if they're at your work, drop them an email. Just ask a simple question that you truly want to know the answer to. You know, Hey, how did you move up in your career so quickly? And if they're interested with your question, they will answer back. And then you can follow up with a follow-up question. And eventually it'll kind of like, again, I'll use that organic term. You'll just organically, before you know it, you've got a mentor-mentee relationship without even formally asking for it. So just show some interest in whoever you're interested in learning from. And then if they're interested in teaching you, that'll just it'll just happen. You don't have to make some formal request. Let's be a mentor and a mentee. I love this idea, Len, of not overthinking it and just get out there and do it. Because a lot of times, even the bad approach will win, right? <laughs> even the bad approach. Um, but certainly, if we can make it better, uh, we definitely want to do that. All right, guys, we are at the halfway point of today's show. And that means it's time for our big trivia challenge. We have a year-long trivia game going on between our three contributors, Len, Paulette, and OG. Sharita, today, you are playing on behalf of the OG. And that means I've got some good news for you and some bad news. Which one would you like, Sharita? Give me the bad news. Well, the bad news is you're going to have to guess first because you're in the lead. You and OG have 14 and a half points, but Len has been sneaking up on you guys. He's got 14 and Paulette has been roaring back. And now since she's taken over for Paula Pant back in August, uh, she's at 11 and a half. So with just a few weeks to go, we've got three points between first and third. So this thing is going right down to the wire. Who's going to win today? Well, we need a trivia question to find out. So Doug, what's today's question, my friend? Well, 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 Sharita's got a key to the city and yet I still haven't gotten a key to the basement door. I'm all What's the door about, Joe? Why is it always locked? And why do you guys turn off the lights before you left? I bet they're at the China Buffet without me. I said I was sorry for the unlimited crab legs incident. I even bought that woman a new shirt. Jeez. Anyway, 
in Houston, man, they know how to eat. In fact, no other city orders out as much as they do, except in Atlanta. But unfortunately, food made by other people is sometimes not the healthiest. All that extra salt, butter, and cheese can really add up. In fact, nothing makes bad food taste palatable more than adding a mountain of freshly ground sea salt. Speaking of sea salt, the saltiest sea on earth is the Dead Sea between Israel on the west and Jordan on the east. Here's today's question. How long is the Dead Sea? I'll be back with the answer after a quick trip to the Cheddar Fountain. All right. Doug's getting his cheese on. Len got his cheese on earlier with that uh, great joke early in the show. But Sharita, you're up first. The Dead. Have you been there? Have you been to the Dead Sea before? I have not. I actually went for the first time uh, just a few months ago, and it's really weird being out there on the water floating. And no matter what you do, you try to get your legs to go straight down. There's so much buoyancy <laughs> because of all the salt. Your legs come right back up. It's impossible not to float. It's so salty. But definitely don't get your eyes in there. I accidentally rubbed an eye, and that that was that was not good news with all that salt. But the Dead Sea, Sharita, is the question... How long is it? So, so I'm a homeschool mom. I know this answer. Oh, gee, I got oh. it. Because <laughs> we just went over this. So I'm a homeschool what? mom. So 31 miles. <gasps> 31 miles. How did you just go over this? <laughs> because this is one of the things that we were working on in his homeschool and his tutor. So I was just like, I feel like a winner. <laughs> I was in this seat before and almost won, <laughs> but I know this. Wow. <laughs> wow. It is. I, I will say it is possible to be more specific. Oh, mm. but Len, what do you mean? Be more specific. <laughs> what does that <laughs> point <mean>? something? <laughs> oh Lord, does it point something? Okay. I'm going to stick with 31 miles. Mm. Uh, well, okay. So it comes down to, if that's the case, uh, Paulette, I guess we'll, we'll sandwich Sharita. Yeah. So, uh, do you want an upper or, or lower? <laughs> I guess, you know what? I'll go upper. I'll say 31.000000001 miles. <gasps> oh, no, she's going to lose. Are you serious? Because she didn't get the, yeah, Len. Jerk move. Colin, jerk move. Actually, if there's a jerk move, it's on me. I think we should give this to Sharita. I say one mile. Support. Paulette yes. throws the ball the other throwing way. Throwing it. Yes, absolutely. Ah, well, we'd like to see if uh, Sharita is the winner or not, or if uh, Len stole her sunshine, but we don't play that way. We'll be right back. A Veterans Day was a week ago, and yet there's a company out there that believes that every day should be Veterans Day, and that is Navy Federal Credit Union. They thank veterans in a way that's meaningful offering resources like the VA Loans Hub and Best Cities After Service. They offer veteran employment assistance partnerships with nonprofits like The Mission Continues. They're a top VA home loan lender. They offer personal finance counseling, and they offer 24-7 member service. So whenever you need them, they are there for our veterans. They have a growing community of over 1.8 million veterans like you. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash veterans. It's NavyFederal.org slash veterans. Insured by NCUA, an equal housing lender. 
Well, you know, when I think about Navy Federal, I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equalizing lender. Well, Sharita, you you seem very confident at saying it's 31 miles long. Not 32, not 35, not 100, 31. I'm going to stick with my answer. I I think my little one will be proud of me. (laughs) I'm going to go with the 31. Yes. Speaking of proud, Len, if you win this, are you going to feel proud or are you going to feel kind of slimy for taking the, taking it away? Nope. I'm not going to feel slimy at all. <laughs> He's just a raging capitalist. And Paulette, you were, you were rolling and now you might've let Len take it. I mean, what was I going to do? It's very nice. Very nice of you. Well, We don't know. We don't know. We don't know who the winner is yet, but we will in just a second. Doug, what's the answer to today's question? Hey there, stackers. I'm Cheese Whiz Kid and Queso Dipstick, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Ah, Cheese, whether you spray it from a can or suck it out of the pizza crust, it's one of nature's delights. I assume it's perfectly healthy and leaves the body functioning well, despite atmospheric evidence to the contrary. And salt! What a Benjamin stacking racket that is! In fact, at $398 a pound, Amethyst Bamboo 9X Salt may be the most expensive in the world. Well, I mean, like, what else are we going to spread on our popcorn if not $400 salt? But today's question wasn't about popcorn. It wasn't about a salt popping sea. It was about the Dead Sea. It's so small... How small small is it? Is it? (laughs) It's so small that Moses didn't even bother parting it. It's so small, even Kevin Hart says, damn. And it's so small that it's technically only a lake and only a minuscule 30.96 miles long, making Sharita our winner. Doug, what the hell were you doing there, man? I just thought I'd get a little crowd involvement, makes it fun for everybody, and I just got just dead blank faces looking at me. Does no, it, or no, does no, it have no, grandpa's no. mad energy? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about uh, saying, well, it's you could get more specific than that, like just <laughs> in, influencing the vote, man. Yeah, normally I don't do that, and I got to learn to keep my mouth shut. Len took the wrong side of that, but luckily Sharita came out on top. Congratulations. Yay. Nice work. And that's some good homeschooling going on there too. Yeah. Learning about the 
learning about the Dead Sea. Well, this podcast is not dead. We're only halfway done. We got the second half of this show. The second half is brought to you by Magnify Money. Sharita, since you won, you know what happens when you go to stackybedjamins.com slash magnify money? No. What happens? Oh, come on. This is what, your third time on the show? I, I never, but I never win. <laughs> I'm still in shock. She's, yeah, she's, she's still too busy high-fiving the family. Uh, well, here's what happened, Sharita. You find that those brick-and-mortar products at your brick-and-mortar bank Probably not best in class. A lot of people doing online banking now. Over 92% of the products and services at online banks compared head-to-head at Magnify Money. Go to stackybedjamins.com slash magnifymoney now, and it makes it easy to compare, ditch, switch, and save a bunch of money on your checking account, savings account, CD rates. Finally going up. Lempenzo, how long has it been since we've seen a CD rate that's worth even paying attention to? It's been, man, t- <laughs> oh. 20 years, maybe. Am I the only one that, that's alive that actually can say I know the answer to that question? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Grandpa, can you tell us a CD rate story? Yeah, it is. It has been <laughs> a still long, have CDs. long, long, long time. Hey, I remember when I was a teenager, when I was a teenager, I remember getting like 12, 14% on my savings account. I think that was the greatest thing. Those are crazy, crazy days. Yeah. I remember even back in the late 90s doing laddered CD strategies. You still see that in books sometimes. And usually yeah. the book says, hey, here's a strategy that never works. <laughs> doing laddered CDs. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about laddered CDs. We're talking about mentorship. The second piece, and this is all, all comes to us from uh, Harvard Business Review, the second piece here says, uh, Paulette, to nurture the relationship, send emails, text calls. Like, it's not the mentor's job to keep it alive. It's the mentee's mm-hmm. job to keep this relationship alive. You agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And that is something that I think I've really learned from one of my clients, Kirsten Jordan, who is um, in real estate, who's been on the show. And you just see, you know, I like help her with her blogs. And from learning from her, it's just like, oh, you can just email someone out of the blue and like, I hate the phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know, because I think that's very fixed mindset. I like, it's not what you know, it's who you meet and cultivate relationships with. So it's definitely that periodic like, hey, how's it going? So that you can do like those deposits in your relationship bank. And then when you have to make a withdrawal, it's not like, oh, we haven't talked in four years. Hey, would you edit this for me? Or hey, would you read this for me or introduce me to someone you know? So just sending someone like, oh, I saw this article I thought of you. Hey, just wanted to see how you're doing. Like just some quick little thing is really, really important. More important than I realized before uh, I got to work with all these lady entrepreneurs. What's interesting about what Paulette's saying, Sharita, is I think this might be easier than people think it is. Like, how am I going to remember with all these things going on? You could schedule this stuff. The mentor has no idea that you're scheduling these, quote, random calls, right, to keep things alive. Do you schedule your time to get together with uh, mentors? Oh, definitely. I have it on my calendar. I already have everything scheduled out for the next couple of months. So that way I don't forget. And then I've sent myself reminders as well. So that way I know when to follow up because we are busy. But I also always want to make sure that I put a time frame on it. So like I know for my mentor, you know, we're coming, you know, we're coming up to a couple of holidays. So I said, hey, I'm going to reach out to you before this time. So that way we can have a call before the end of the year, kind of wrap up some some things. And so now she's anticipating and it's also 
now on on me to make sure that I follow up. And that way she's looking forward to what I have to say. So she's always excited to kind of just see what I what I've been working on and how she can give me some feedback on that. So really coming prepared to those meetings um, when I'm meeting with my mentor really helps to keep building the relationship and let her know that the feedback and the resources that she's providing, that I'm actually implementing them by giving her a report when I come back to each and every meeting. That's fabulous. Like just like clockwork there. Let the next part of this Harvard Business Review piece says offer to help them. Uh, you like that one? Offer if you're a mentee to help out the mentor? Um, I, I don't get that one really. I, I don't. To me, it's the other way around. It's the mentor helping the mentee. I, I, I don't see why the mentee has to offer anything in kind. A mentor is going to usually will pass something down out of, you know, just because he want, he or she wants to. So I don't think you need to feel obligated at all that you have to have something to offer your mentor at all. Paulette, though, it sounds like what they might be talking about is this idea you said earlier in the show about making deposits, right? If you're mm-hmm. offering to help them, your goal should be to make some deposits before you ask for them. I'm thinking that must be what they're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, I think it doesn't necessarily have to be a tit for tat situation, but also it doesn't hurt either to be like, like I had one person that I, who has become a mentor that we don't have any kind of formal relationship now, but I definitely can ask him questions whenever I want to. I had reached out to him because he was in best American travel writing and I'm looking to do more travel writing. And I just said, Hey, I really liked your piece. And he said, Oh, Hey, I like your website. And I was like, Oh, I designed it. And then I ended up bartering and redesigning his website for him to edit more things for me. So that was just kind of like the start of our relationship. And now I have this close contact who I feel like I can reach out to anytime. That's fantastic. Len, next up on here is to express gratitude. Does that mean giving a gift to saying thank you? Does that mean saying I'm, I'm happy we, we, we got to, we got to chat? Like, tell me about expressing gratitude. You know, I, I don't think, I mean, it's always nice to have a thank you and show appreciation that you appreciate the mentor taking the time to teach you things. I, but I think the, the men, well, speaking for me as a mentor, when I mentored engineers, my gratitude came from watching my mentees grow and just knowing that they listened to what I said and they applied what I said. And to me, that's thank you enough. I, I Yeah, but do you like it better though? Do you like it better when they say, Len, I really appreciate what you've done for me? Sure. I mean, that's very nice to be appreciative. And of course, I, I mean, I guess it's implied to me, it's implied when you're a mentor mentee relationship, there's an implied respect in there already. Of course, say thank you. But I, I don't think it's a, a deal killer if you're not, uh, not, I think just following what the mentor says is, should be good enough for the mentor. Well, maybe that's, Sharita, where we're at here is uh, coming back to your mentor with the results, like the positive results based on what they told you that you should probably do in this situation. Right. And I totally agree with what Lynn said. I don't think she ever just really wants anything. Of course, every mentor wants to hear that you're applying the things that they're sharing, but I don't feel like it's necessary for me. And I always say this, and I can also agree with what Lynn said, just to share with you, because I said, I, I told her that I said, I really appreciate you taking this time because I know you have a, your calendar is super busy. And so she said, you know what? I make time. I make time to do the things that I want to do. I make time because these are things that I want to be able to see. I want to be able to use my, share my wisdom and resources and network if need be to be able to help you to be able to grow and scale. That's why the mentorship is there. So she said, 
there's never like a fully need to do it. But I still feel like at some point along that, that I want her to know that I appreciate her time, whether that's in a thank you email or a card, just to let her know that I truly am thankful for her taking time to mentor me. When do you know that it's time to move on from a mentor that it just, it's, it's this relationship is over Paulette. I think it kind of happens naturally. If you realize that you guys haven't spoken in a while, like, you know, that seems like they kind of fizzle out, I think is kind of the way that I see it. But I also feel like that's the kind of thing where those little thank you notes can really help them to not fizzle out if you don't want them to. But also, and it's not just saying thank you, like you're like groveling at their feet, but I think really reinforcing the role that they play in your life and just helping them to feel good and like solid in that role of I am a mentor. And that is something that feels nice to me, like really letting them know what kind of effect they're having on you. And also, I think that there might be the diminishing returns where maybe you've learned as much as you can learn from this person when you kind of, or you've learned enough about marketing. Now you need to move to someone to help you with your ops because that's the part of your work that's really like screaming. So I think that might be one way to tell, but there's no kind of like hard and fast rule. Yeah. Len, I like what Paulette's saying here, which is that maybe it's not one mentor. Maybe these are situational mentors, right? And this idea of mentorship is much more fluid than a lot of people think. Like we think we've got this one person who's our Yoda for the rest of our life. (laughs) And it sounds like Paulette's talking about, no, situationally, I'm going to plug in these different people that can help me get XYZ done. Yes. There's no one mentor in your life. There's lots of people that you can learn from, especially throughout your career and your life that know different things that you might want to know from. I've, I had several mentors myself growing up and going through my career because one person doesn't know everything. So yes, but here's the other thing. I don't see ever ending a relationship with a mentor. It just kind of, it's like kind of like a lifelong friendship, I guess, with, with your mentor. I, I don't think you ever just break off. Um, that person will always be there. You never know. There might be something else you can learn from them, even though you think you've tapped everything. So I would never recommend formally, hey, we're we're done. Thank you, mentor. I've learned everything. Goodbye. No, I, and I we're wouldn't done. ever formally do that. <laughs> yeah, and we're done. I would never formally never formally close it off. It kind of would just naturally end its course, you know. <laughs> Not gonna have the mentor walk a shame at the end of the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, though, as a mentor, I think the mentor is more likely to end the relationship. Again, I'm going to go back to if me as a mentor, if if I had a my mentee was not following what I said and I saw them still stepping in it, so to speak, after maybe six months or seven months and and it's just not work, then I will break it off. And I won't say, hey, we're done, but I just won't help as much. It's just a waste of time. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Sharita, I want to turn this around for just a moment because you've mentored many people. What's a big mistake that mentors make when they're mentoring people? What's some piece of advice for the mentors out there? I think that one of the things that I see many mentors make is saying yes out of obligation. Mm -hmm. It may not be a great fit. It may not be a great time for them. And I think that that's where they could really be able to say, hey, here is someone else that I think would be a great fit. I don't mind making the introduction, whether that's an introduction or in person, um, because I feel like your skill set or what you need is out of the scope that I have to be able to truly serve you in the greatest way possible. I think that 
those are the things that sometimes even as a mentor, like Lynn and Paulette and Doug mentioned, that sometimes we don't want to say, okay, this is just not the fit for me, but we'll just try to see what we can do. And I think that's what staggers some of those mental relationships when you could really just be able to maybe pass them off to someone who could serve them better. Paulette, how about you? Um, Gosh, mistakes mentors make. Um, I think thinking that it's always your own path, right? Where you have to let the other person make their path and say what's right for them. So I try to leave a lot of space for, okay, this is what worked for me or you know, just kind of like you might consider, but not being prescriptive and being like, you need to do this X, Y, Z. It's kind of like, these are your options because nobody knows what they're doing really. Like we're all just like throwing spaghetti against the wall. So just kind of helping someone understand what their options are and, um, but not really prescribing, advising, but not saying this is what you have to do because then you kind of take responsibility for the outcome, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, that's been a mistake I've made a lot is, is thinking my mentor's me. And having to realize that my mentor is not me. They have their own life and their own hurdles, and they don't see the world through the same lens I do. Mm-hmm. Glenn, you got the last word on this one, man. Uh, some advice for mentors? Well, I, I don't think I can improve on what Paulette just said there. I mean, that, that was what I was going to say, actually. So, I mean, that was... <laughs> There you go, Paulette. No, it's, it's, you know, your, your mentees are not you. Your mentees are not you. So... Well, that's going to do it for today on, uh, on, on the mic drop twice there. Uh, let's find out what's going on where you guys all work and live. Uh, we'll have our guest of honor go last. Mr. Penzo, how about you first, man? What's going on at LenPenzo.com? On LenPenzo.com this week, uh, we just had a fun little post on money slang terms. I mean, it's amazing how many words are out there in the English language for money, if you've ever thought of this. And I came up with 101, and my readers have come up with even more added on top of that. It is absolutely incredible how many terms there are for the word money. So if you just want to have a little fun, stop on by lenpenzo.com and uh, see if there's one that we've forgotten. Check out all the cheddar over there at lenpenzo.com. <laughs> exactly. That is one of them. Very good. <laughs> going back to Doug's cheese reference earlier. Paulette, what's going on with you, my friend? So I just was so blocked and procrastinating with a story and I went to a session of a very important meeting, which is the meditation and writing group that I co-founded. And I I was just there as a client and I was so grateful because I hand wrote five pages and just like got unblocked. So I did a post where I recorded a meditation for procrastination. So if you want to go from I am procrastinating to, okay, I'm in a place of calm and I'm ready to actually start working eight minutes. I got you. I even put music behind it. I got fancy. So that's at welcome to the writer's life.com. Welcome to the writer's life.com. We'll also link to that on our show notes page. I've, I have my own piece about procrastination that I think I'm going to start pretty soon. (laughs) 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 I just couldn't, I couldn't. Good one, Joe. It took me a while to figure that one out. Very good, Joe. Sorry. It was right there. Sharita, thanks for hanging out with us. So much fun as usual. 
Oh, thanks so much. So what's happening over at Sharita, SharitaMHumphrey.com, I will be yes. sharing my um, November. I always like to do this. My 2023 financial favorites will be rolled out. I always like to make sure that I tell people what's happening. I believe in the cheddar. So make sure you check out Lynn. But I'll be sharing some other things that's going to be to help you to get to the cheddar with my financial favorites for 2023 and kind of round out um, why some of those that's on my current favorites list did not make my 2023 list. So go over and check that out at SharitaMHumphrey.com. SharitaMHumphrey.com. And by the way, I should say this about all of you guys, but Sharita, I love following you on social media because you talked about sometimes it's just one or two lines that your mentees need. And you're always sharing like these positive messages, which I find so damned annoying because, because i <laughs> because <laughs> you're way so you're so positive all the time like how is she that positive all the time and you totally are <laughs> I think that one of the things that I did was what um, Paulette just said procrastination I think procrastination make can set in some negative emotions in mind in thoughts so I just decided you know what I'm not going to procrastinate it's not going to be perfect I'm going to do it scared and and how it lands is how it's supposed to be and so I show up there and just be authentic and even in some of the posts that you see I share some of the ugly, the behind the scenes, but I always talk about how I've been able to find the the light at the end of the tunnel, even through the hard times. Um, even you for always myself. do. Yeah, I am always, man, there have been, I have to tell you, Sharita, you know, they talk about expressing gratitude. There have been so many times when I've been not in the right frame of mind. I read your social media posts, which are always relentlessly optimistic <laughs> and uh, no matter how bad it gets. And it's so helpful. So we will link to your social as well. And by the way, Ms. Perhatch has one of the most hilarious and varied social <laughs> presences <laughs> that I've followed. Yeah, as... social media managers yell at me about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, there's a lot of texture to Paulette's uh, posting schedule. I was going to say that I'm like, I will follow Sharita once my Freedom app lets me at 1130 a.m. because I have to block social media at most times in order to uh, to not procrastinate. I love that. Well, every now and then I'll take it off and then I'll realize that I'm like totally back in the swamp. So then I put it back on. So it's a slippery slope. The uh, engineer here, Mr. Penzo, I'm sure would be very proud of you for setting up systems to get around that. Nice, nice work. Yes. That's it for us, I think, today. Uh, Doug, what should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from Sharita Humphrey and the gang. Think you're going to be successful all by yourself? Trust us. Finding someone who's already walked your path is always a quicker trip to the finish line. Second, like noses, you can pick your mentor and you can pick your brain, but you shouldn't pick your mentor's brain. At least not on the first meeting. But the big lesson... Never trust Joe when he tells you he needs help testing a lock. He's going to get Crab Rangoon without you. Every time. Thanks to Sharita Humphrey for joining us today. You'll find more on Sharita's work and how to find her at SharitaMHumphrey.com. We'll also include links in our show notes at StackingBenjamins.com. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at LenPenzo.com. And thanks to Paulette Perhatch for joining us. In fact, this show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is written in part by Paulette, who helps writers power their words, their work, and their earning potential with her powerhouse writers coaching program. 
Find out more at powerhousewriters.com. Thanks also to our team who made today possible. Karen Repine plotted out this episode for us and schedules our guests. Brooke Miller handles the show notes and creates our amazing newsletter, The 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show and both Autumn Seahai and Gertrude Smith are our social media mavens. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. Sharita, when you were talking earlier about scheduling time for your mentors, it made me think about like some of the weirdest things that people put on schedules. Like over <laughs> the years, I've known people putting some strange things on schedules. And in fact, remember the old show, Doug, uh, Dharma and Greg? Remember that? Yes. I love oh, yeah. that show. That was a good show. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, Dharma was this free spirit and just whatever comes to mind, you kind of do that. Greg was like Mr. Business Guy and a planner. And Dharma found out that Greg was scheduling sex, right? <laughs> Greg, <laughs> Greg had it on the schedule when it was going to happen because he wanted to make sure. And so then the whole episode was about like what you schedule and what you don't. But but I'm thinking that for me, like everything has to go on, like literally I'm, not sex, not sex, but, but, but everything throughout <laughs> like my business day, I don't have a separate to-do list. If it's not on mm -hmm. my calendar, I don't, I don't do it. Sharita, you're nodding your head. Any, any uh, weird stuff that goes on your calendar? Yeah. I schedule my coupon. I know. Don't judge me. <laughs> like I like to snap all my receipts. Like I love this. Fetch rewards. This is not sponsored, but I love it. I schedule everything because I want those points. Like my husband's like, are you seriously scheduling this? He's like, why is this on your calendar? Like, <laughs> because I don't want to forget. And I make sure that I add him to the calendar. So it annoys him because he'll be like, hey, did you snap your receipt so you can get these damn points? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yes. <laughs> and so I know he, oh, it bothers him so much that that's really on my calendar. But I schedule literally everything probably in the other stuff. What too, is snapping your receipts? Okay. So I love this app called Fetch Rewards. And so they only give you two weeks. <laughs> and so I don't want to forget. So I stack all of them, put them together. But that is my fun money because <laughs> I cash them out for different things. So that way it's outside of our household budget. I go in there, go get massages, do all the things. And so he's like, so this is on my calendar, but I don't get any of the rewards. You are my accountability partner <laughs> to remind me so I don't miss that. <laughs>
But what is it? I guess to Paulette's question though, Sharita, you, you take pictures of your receipts? Yes, I take pictures of it. So they allow you to do all your grocery receipts, all the grocery receipts. Of course, you know, groceries are up, Sam's Club, all the things. So you snap them, they give you points um, and kind of rewards. So you can cash those rewards out. They have everything from flights, hotels, gift cards. I do all the things. So I use those and those are things now, now, Joe, you didn't gave my secret. Now they're going to know those gift cards came from Fetch that I'm about to give out for the holidays. <laughs> Nobody knows this part of the show even exists. They have no okay, idea, cool. Sharita. So I think your secret's safe. Okay, cool. Len, you must have something wild on your calendar. Time with the trains. Do you like schedule your model train time? <laughs> no, I am. Um, you know what I did do um, a, a while ago? I, I was looking for a calendar app to put on my phone, but I, I accidentally downloaded a colander app and since then my battery's been draining just uncontrollably oh, that's so wow oh you really God. you can't even control yourself he can you just, Len? Oh, it just happens i don't you have don't a story that was that the best addiction. i could come up with <laughs> that's so wrong oh man paulette save us Okay. Um, so I just like at powerhouse writers, I actually just shared my screen with my calendar and I was really, really scared. I'm like, Oh God, what are I having here? Cause I tend to yell at myself on my calendar. So, um, I was just scrolling through and I see in all caps in January, do not miss mom's birthday. You jerk face. So, um, <laughs> sure. That was me year that I missed my mom's birthday. This is the, this is a positive self-talk right here. Positive self-talk. Yeah. And then I have one from a conference called AWP for writers. And so this year it says Paulette at AWP, all caps, schedule nothing. She is dead to the world and don't let her tell you otherwise. And then if I'm not doing something and I keep moving the calendar appointment, I'll be like, you turd, actually do the blah, 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 blah. Like, so I just mostly yell at myself. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's great. (laughs) Doug, you schedule anything. Doug's the guy that, Doug's the Greg in the group. He schedules the- I am. I am. And if, yeah, if and I know I annoyed the hell out of Joe early on, cause it'd be like, are you coming to the meeting? I'm like, it's not on my calendar. So it doesn't exist. <laughs> he does. He does. But uh, yeah, and I, I am, I, I would go crazy with a calendar and I don't know if I quite had so much derogatory language in some of my, when I was scheduling more events, but I definitely had some all caps and some exclamation points, Paulette. But now then I'm a little less busy corporately. I'll say, you know what shows up in my calendar that's a little bit weird? It's a lot weird. Um, I'll note like when things happen, like the first snow of the year or <laughs> when we found morel mushrooms in the woods. And then I'll know like when it pops up the next year, oh, I should go back out to those spots and look for the shrooms. That's actually a I can start to see, oh, when roughly do we get our for snow. I love that. That's, That's a great, great idea. I'll like when I lived in Seattle, you had to book camping trips for the summer in like February. So I have every year, like in February, oh. I'm like, yeah. book, you know, whatever. I think it's like, it's a way, especially when it's a digital calendar, you can do these like ways to kind of guide yourself in the future and mentor yeah. yourself. There you go. If you will see what I did there. Yeah, just kind of like lessons learned and have your calendar kind of build up in that, like those morel mushrooms. Because you're going to forget about it. But if you can have the discipline to throw it in the calendar, like it's on your phone, right? So you you pretty much always have it no matter where you are. So throw that. You had that thought. Throw it in the calendar because you're probably going to forget nine months from now. And then it'll pop up and you don't have to 
That's, I'm, I'm, like, that. I'm so awesome that I thought to put this in my calendar. That's the positive talk you need. I always say, look how nice we are to ourselves. Like when my assistant and I open a calendar invite, we have the link there to the doc and blah, blah, blah. We've, we're like, look how nice we are to ourselves. But then I have to counterbalance that with being mean to myself too. I guess, I guess <laughs> so. Cause, cause Doug's would say, you know, schedule the campground and Paulette says, get the camper scheduled head. <laughs> just, hey, dumbass, don't forget. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is what a lifetime of undiagnosed ADHD does to you, okay? Don't forget again like you do every year, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.